Stories are the language of the soul. They have a way of penetrating the heart in a way few other influences can. This is why Jesus used storytelling so often to illustrate deeper truths. He knew the power of a story to cut through to the heart. These now famous stories are known as parables. They were Jesus's way to communicate an important kingdom principle in a form that we could remember and that would meet us where we are at. Although the details of these stories were fictitious, the kingdom principles are not. Today, they continue to remind us who God is and what he calls us to be a part of and how much he loves us. Welcome once again. It is so good to see everyone here today. You know, during his lifetime on earth, Jesus had an amazing ability to connect with people. And I think there are several reasons for that. There are a number of reasons for that. Um, Part of it can be attributed to the fact that, you know, when you perform a miracle and you heal someone or you know, do some work like that, that, that you connect pretty well, pretty quickly with people, right? Um, so the workings of, of miracles and the healings that he did connected him with people, as well as the compassion with which he ministered to people. He ministered to the, to the, to the people, he ministered to them with a compassion that they were not used to that was unusual. He understood people's situations. He understood the problems that they dealt with. And unlike many of the Pharisees and religious leaders who, you know, would always look down on the people and consider them not as, as, as good as them, I mean, he never looked down on people just because their lives didn't raise up to or didn't rise to a certain standard. He lived among and he ministered to people who knew that their lives were messed up but didn't know how they could change them until Jesus came along and pointed the way, until Jesus came along and helped them. He connected with people on their level. Another reason for his ability to connect with people was through the stories that he told. Jesus was a master storyteller, and he used stories to communicate to the people. And today we're starting a new series calling Kingdom Stories. Kingdom Stories. Um, We're going to be looking at the stories that Jesus taught the people. And these are are called parables. They're parables. And I want to start by looking today at what a parable is and why did Jesus use them. I I, I want to do a little teaching to help us to be able to understand how we can unlock the meaning of these parables, how we can receive, understand and receive what Jesus was saying. So I want to start from Matthew chapter 13. 
Now, just to set this up, I usually like to set up, you know, when Jesus is teaching, so you kind of get a flow of, of the Gospels, because they're not just disjointed accounts and events. There's a flow to them. Sometimes it's a chronological flow, uh, as in right here. Sometimes it's a thematic flow, but there's all, it's always good to look for the flow of, and the context of what Jesus was talking about, what he was doing. So just prior to this, <clears throat> picture Jesus sitting in a house. He's talking to a crowd of people, and his mother and brothers come along, and someone says, hey, your mother and brother are outside looking for you. And, and Jesus said that, you know, said that, that, who are my mothers and brothers? It's those that do the will of my father. That's who my real family is. That's who my real mother and, and, uh, 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 and brothers are. So that's where we are, and then we read in uh, starting in chapter 13, says, Later that same day, Jesus left the house and sat beside the lake. A large crowd soon gathered around him, so he got into a boat. Then he sat there and taught as the people stood on the shore. He told many stories in the form of parables such as this one. And then he goes on to tell them a parable that we're not going to look at today, but we will later on in this series. Okay, skipping down to verse 10, his disciples came and asked him, why do you use parables when you talk to the people? Jesus, why are you always talking to stories? Why are you always talking in parables when you talk to the people? So, you know, before we look at any specific story, today I want to take a look at what a parable is. And I want us to be able to read Jesus' parables and understand them for ourselves and receive what he's saying for ourselves. Understand them as Jesus meant for us to understand them. So we need to know a little bit about what a parable is and why Jesus used parables to speak to the people. First off, what is a parable? Simply put, it's a simple short story to illustrate a moral or a spiritual lesson. They're not actual accounts of real events, okay? They're stories, and they're there to illustrate a, a, a moral or a spiritual lesson or a kingdom principle. It's a story that people could relate to. A parable helps people visualize abstract ideas and make them concrete so they can understand. To properly understand what Jesus was teaching when he told parables, it's important to understand this. A parable is not a long, elaborate story. Now, some of them were longer than others, but they're still relatively short stories. It's not all that long and involved. <clears throat> you, you know, and, and the second thing is we need to know as you look at parables, what you were looking for is the one main point, okay? We're just looking for the one main point. You don't want to look for meaning in every single detail of the parable. That's not what they're for. That's not the intent. You don't, so you don't want to overanalyze. I've heard people, you know, look at the parables and this little detail stood for this and this little detail represents that. And, and it, it's, that's not what the parables are meant to do. It's meant to communicate a single, uh, a single truth or a single, uh, 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 one single point or maybe one spiritual truth per character if there's, if there's multiple characters in, in it. It's, and, and it's to help communicate that in a way that people could identify it and remember it. 
That's why so many of the parables in the Bible are about things such as agriculture and fishing. Why is that? That's what they were doing. They lived in an agricultural society, okay? And, and farming and fishing were, were, you know, some of the primary occupations that people had. So he talked a lot about things to do with, with farming and things to do with, with fishing. Uh, so, you know, uh, uh, it's what the people understood. So we want to be careful that we don't look for hidden meaning in each detail, but just look for the main point. Um, because actually when you, when you look for, you know, some hidden meaning in every little detail, it obscures the, the main point that Jesus was trying to get across. Now, second question, why did Jesus tell parables? He told them as a way to connect with some people's hearts while still remaining a mystery to others. Jesus told parables to reveal the mysteries of the kingdom of God and teach a spiritual lesson to those who are interested while at the same time concealing the meaning from others. So some would understand, some would not. Some would have the meaning revealed and others whose hearts had become hardened would not understand the meaning. So when people asked Jesus why he used parables, this is what he said to them. He replied, you are permitted to understand the secret, or you are permitted to understand the secrets or the mysteries, that word is, of of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given, and they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are not listening, Even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. That's why I use parables. And then he begins to quote from the Old Testament. For they look, but they don't really see. They hear, but they don't really listen or understand. This fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah that says, When you hear what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend. For the hearts of these people are hardened and their ears cannot hear and they have closed their eyes so that they cannot see and their ears cannot hear. Their hearts and their hearts cannot understand and they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. At part there, they have closed their eyes so they cannot see and their ears cannot understand. And their, or their ears cannot hear and their hearts cannot understand. I was thinking as I was, was thinking about this parable, I was thinking about time when we lived in Fort Wayne when I was uh, talking and met some guy in the street and we were just talking about Jesus. And, and um, um, he was from a particular group that... Um, did not believe in a biblical Jesus, the, the, who the Bible teaches that Jesus is, okay? And he's sitting there talking, and, you know, he claimed to be a student of the Bible and that. And, and I, so I, and I was talking to him, and I had a New Testament in my pocket, so I pulled it out, and he said, hey, put that away. If you're going to open that, I don't even want to see it. And this is somebody who claimed to be a student of the Bible. He goes, I don't, I don't want to see it. And then he said, you know, as we talked a little more, he goes, I don't care if you can show me that Jesus, or show me in the Bible that Jesus is God. I don't want to believe it. He actually said that. He says, I don't care if you can show me in there that Jesus is God. I don't want to believe it. I mean, 
that's kind of what we're talking about here. Some people were permitted to understand and others were not. Some people were, you know, they would hear the stories and they're left baffled as to their meeting. They don't get it. It's exactly what Isaiah prophesied would happen when Jesus says, when Isaiah said, when you hear what I say, you'll not understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend. So the meaning of parables that Jesus told, they were meant to make the meaning clear to some people. Now, sometimes it was later when Jesus explained it to them, okay? They didn't get it right away, but, you know, they were open, and, and he explained it later. So it, it, it makes the meaning clear to some people while at the same time keeping it hidden from others. So I don't know about you, but that brings up a question for me. Because when I realize that, I'm thinking, okay, I want to be one that understands, I want to be one that hears what Jesus is saying, whether I necessarily want to hear it. How many have ever had Jesus tell you something you didn't necessarily want to hear? It's like, don't tell me that, you know. Well, I want to, I want to hear even if it's something that I don't want to hear, okay? Um, <laughs> okay, um, so... How can I assure that Jesus' parables will speak to me? How can I be assured that I will be one that gets the meaning of the parables and of the things that Jesus taught? The passage we just read tells us how. It tells us that we begin by cultivating a heart that is soft toward God. And that is so very important. Keep your heart soft toward God. Listen to the quote from Isaiah when you hear what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend. For the hearts of these people are hardened, and their ears cannot hear. When our heart is hardened, it blocks our spiritual understanding. It blocks our ability to hear what God is saying and to see what he's doing. When our heart is soft toward God, when we're right before him, when we're receptive to him, then we will understand what he's teaching in his parables and his other teachings as well. Because not only will we hear with our ears, but we'll hear with our heart as well. So I want to I I hear some things from you. I want you to tell me what kinds of things cause us, cause, cause us to harden our heart. What kinds of things cause our heart to be hardened over time? Anybody? Illness? Trauma? Trauma? Offense? Yes. These are good. What else? Being let down. So disappointment. All right. What? <laughs> Listening to the news. Especially such and such news. Put in whatever station is your favorite one to pick on. Uh, they're all, you know, I mean, you, you got to listen to the grain of salt. Yes? If you continue doing something that you know you shouldn't do, and that's a key, that you know you shouldn't do, so you're not listening to God. You know, you may hear him, but it's like, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. Yeah. Anybody else? We got some good ones going. Abuse. Yeah, excellent. What else? Pride. Pride is excellent. Who said that? 
In fact, Jesus told a parable about that, right? About a man filled with pride saying, God, thank you. I'm not like that person over there, right? It was his pride. Uh, How about when we hold a grudge against someone? Unforgiveness, resentment. It all kind of, it's all different ingredients of the same pot of stew, right? Or unforgiveness, resentment, and, you know, it starts with offense. And I mean, all of these are so tied in together. Those things cause our heart to be hardened. And it's not like, you know, something happens in one time, our heart just all of a sudden it's hard. But when one of those things happen and we don't deal with it, it's like we're a bricklayer who's laying one brick down and then another brick down. And then another brick down. Somebody comes along and reinforces the feelings that we're having and the things that we're going through. And that's like spreading mortar around between the bricks to solidify them in place. And pretty soon, if we don't deal with these things, we've got a wall up in front of us and our heart is hardened. All of these things build a a wall around our heart and cause it to become hard, and it hinders the Holy Spirit from revealing the meaning of the parable to us. The second part of cultivating a soft heart is, is to listen with the intent to receive and respond. In other words, we open our heart to what's being said because we all know there's a difference between listening to something and really hearing what's being said. We must be willing to receive it, whether it's easy or difficult. You know, if it speaks correction, then receive the correction. If it challenges you, then receive the challenge. If it encourages you, receive the encouragement. Verse 12 says, those who listen to my teaching, and that means listen with an open heart, a receptive heart. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given, and they'll have an abundance of knowledge. They'll keep being given more. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. It's talking about listening with a heart to receive what is being said. And that means that we're listening in a way that we allow Jesus, what Jesus says, allow his words to enter into and change our hearts. When we listen, it's when we listen with a receptive heart that more understanding is given to us. But if we just hear the words... You know, they go one in or out the other, and we have no intent, no intent at all to change our actions, our heart, and that, you know, our actions or our heart, then what little understanding we do have is actually taken away from us. Now, <clears throat> I want to wrap this up. I know it's a little early, but I want to wrap this up with an example uh, of one, one parable, just one parable I want to look at today, Matthew 13, 33. It's actually the shortest parable in the Gospels. Just one verse says he told them still another parable, so he'd been telling parables, and he says, the kingdom of heaven is like a yeast that is like yeast that a woman mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. Short, simple, one that everybody there could relate to. Because while I'm guessing not everybody there had made dough, had made bread, they knew the process. 
they grew up watching their mother making bread. Or maybe, you know, maybe they made it themselves, but they all knew the process. You get the wheat or the, the, the flour and, and you put the yeast in it and you start working that dough, working that dough, just kneading it, you know, kneading it. How many have watched bread being made? How many have made homemade bread themselves? Just to let you know, I love homemade bread. <clears throat> anyway, <clears throat> so, uh, you know, they, the, the dough's needed. The yeast is worked all through the dough until it spreads through the dough and changes the makeup of the dough. What's the one point of this parable? It's one, there's one simple point, and that is the kingdom of God transforms lives. It's talking about the transformational power of the kingdom of God. Just as when yeast is worked through the dough and begins to permeate, begins to permeate and transform the entire lump of dough as it spreads throughout the whole thing, that's what the kingdom of God does to our lives. The kingdom of God comes in as something small, but then begins to work through our lives and begins to bring about transformation. I want you to look around this room. You'll see people whose lives have been transformed. People whose lives look nothing like they did before they met Jesus. And I ask, how many are willing to raise their hand and just say, my life looks nothing like it did before I met Jesus, had an encounter with him? Yeah, look around the room. Look around. That's what this parable is talking about. The kingdom of God transformed lives. And you know what I would love to do? And we would love, we would love to hear your story sometime. If you're willing, I would love for you to write it down in an email and send it to me or send it into the church. Or I believe there's a place uh, for kingdom stories on our website uh, that you can submit it and, and share it with us. I, I would love that. Too. I know some of your stories. Not everybody's, but I would love to hear your stories. I mean, I, most of you have heard my story, you know, by now. I've, you know, when I was in uh, a student at IU, I was, I had gone to church all my life, but I didn't know Jesus. I knew who he was. I knew about him. I believed he existed, but that wasn't enough. It didn't have a whole lot of effect on my life, except for it kept me from doing some things, maybe, because I didn't want to go there, I wanted to go there, but yet when I looked at my life, I knew that I wasn't headed there, I was headed there. And, uh, you know, my, my life was a, a um, it's not something I would want my kids and my grandkids to emulate. But then one day I met Jesus and he changed all that. And I've shared my story in here before, so I won't take time on that now, but we would love to hear your stories. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough, until it spread all through the dough, until it transformed the dough. That's a lot of dough. That's a lot of kneading. Some of us need more work than others.
Take it from the cake lady. <laughs> Some of us are more needy of work than others. <laughs> Some of it's still spreading. But it transforms our lives, and that's what Jesus can do in your life. It's not about just helping us live differently. We're not talking about just learning how to have self-control, and which, which is a fruit of the Spirit, but we're not talking about just learning how to change our behavior. Okay, That's not what this is about. It's about being transformed from the inside out. It's about becoming a new person. It's about becoming changed inside so that as we are changed inside, the outside then begins, then begins to be transformed as well because it can't help it because it's being fed by what's inside of us, not trying to be controlled by something that's exterior and a lot of laws and a lot of rules and regulations. No, it's, you know, when... when, when when Jesus gets a hold of your life and he begins to work inside of you, you may not have everything on the outside all in order like you, like you uh, want it to be, okay, or like you know it should be because, you know, somebody told you this or whatever. But what happens is something inside changes and our desires change. And all of a sudden, we want to do what pleases Jesus. All of a sudden, the things we desire are the things that He has put in front of us. That's what we desire. We desire the things of God instead of everything else that's clamoring for our, our attention and everything else that's clamoring for our, uh, you know, for, for us to, to go after in that. We begin to hear the voice of the Spirit and follow him he transforms you from the inside out so you no longer are the person that you were your past becomes irrelevant because it's wiped away it's no longer you you are a new person a new person I want everybody to close their eyes for a moment I just want to ask a question. Has that happened to you? I know most of you, and I know most of your stories, not everybody's, but I know most. But if that hasn't happened to you yet, it happens when we surrender our lives to Jesus. If that hasn't happened to you, if you've never said, Jesus, I'm tired of living for myself. I want to live for you. I want to receive your forgiveness. I believe that you went to the cross and died for me. And I believe that you were buried and that you rose on the third day. And you rose from that grave to give me life. And I want in on that. So forgive my sins. Send your spirit into my life. And transform my life. I don't just want behavior modification. I want to be a new person. If you've never taken that step and it's never happened to you, I'm just going to take about 15 seconds and give you time to respond. 
So if if that's you, if there's some, if there's anybody here that that that's you, I want you to just right now, with everybody's eyes closed, just right now, slip up your hand, and we'll pray. It's between you and God. Okay, let's stand. Prepare to receive the benediction. It's a blessing. There is power in our words when we bless people. That's why I do that every service I close with this. With one, some type of blessing. May the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may He give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know Him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Now, as you go out today, be sure to carry his presence everywhere you go, whether it's the gas station or the grocery store, whether it's work tomorrow morning or anywhere you go. Carry his presence with you because he is in you, he is with you, he surrounds you, and he goes with you. God bless you. See you next week.